Yeah, that wasn't part of the uh, show notes. He just started playing music. Yeah, I think he hit that out of the park yeah. pretty well there. Oh, man. Right, Fun but, segment. Uh, That's a good segment. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. Neil, how are you doing on this late evening? Oh, doing, ti- doing tired. That's right. Doing tired. That's right, folks. My <laughs> mental is. acuity is. is shot. Mommy! After it. Yep. 12-hour workday today. My bad, folks. We're gonna we're gonna take a deep breath and tighten it up. We're gonna tighten it up here, and uh, we're gonna get your together. It is Wednesday, the fifth uh, of December, later than usual, but we will still get it out to you people, as always. So we got a ton of news to get through this week, Neil. It has been a crazy, crazy weekend in the NFL. Let's break it down. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Read all about it! And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Kicking things off with the latest news. Emmanuel Sanders is done for the year. An MRI this afternoon officially confirms he has torn his ACL at practice earlier today. Just tough news for Sanders. He was having a great year. It's even worse news for the Broncos' offense after they were making a late playoff push, Neil. I know we had talked about this in the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, your thoughts about Emmanuel Sanders and his uh, his big injury risk for the rest of the season. Yeah, this is super brutal, unfortunately, because it's a full torn Achilles. And this is something that you and I had discussed off air. We play in a league right. together where someone made a very large investment in Emmanuel Sanders when he was playing at a rate of a uh, top 10 receiver. And he was, for a good stretch there, uh, just excellent this season. This is the best season he's had in years. Uh, He and Case Keenum were the only people from the beginning of the season to actually seem to get in a real rhythm. And it seemed like the speed was coming back after a couple of tough years where he takes, you know, kind of a pounding. He's had a lot of injuries over the years. This is not uh, this is the most serious injury of his career, though. He's had a, a, quite a few, but this one is, from what I'm hearing out here, uh, fear is around the building that this might be career-ending when you factor in that Emmanuel Sanders makes his living based on his speed and not his size. So if he's going to be slow, and uh, there were some other reports that came out locally here today uh, about this. So we actually talked about it privately, and I had can you know said to you i can't prove it but i have i have a, a bad feeling about investing in emmanuel sanders that's why we didn't bring it up on the show it's just a gut feeling that i've been having all year about he's due for the injury that normally but not this this is this is like poor one out style this, well this i mean terrible. that's what i was saying in the the preseason i i i was talking about how Cortland sutton was actually an emmanuel sanders handcuff which you never see at wide receiver but i figured that sanders was going to have a rough start or a rough year and he'd be the one that would find his way out and Cortland Sutton would take his spot. Now it turns out that was Demarius Thomas and now with him down and Thomas and Houston, Sutton has become the last man standing. Now they did this afternoon claim Andre Holmes off of waivers who we will get to later. But since the Demarius Thomas trade, Emmanuel Sanders led the team with 195 snaps and 33 targets Sutton is next with 189 and 20 targets. But of the remaining guys on the roster, Tim Patrick, 104 snaps, just four targets. Deshaun Hamilton, 90 snaps, four targets. And River Craycroft, 13 snaps and no targets. So combined, eight targets for everyone not named Cortland Sutton. Yes. So rest of the season, the Broncos still have the Niners, Browns, Raiders, and if you play in Week 17, Chargers. It's a great schedule. I mean, 
you would think that Sutton now suddenly getting the number one QB or uh, cornerback matchup, I should say, would be a uh, a downgrade. Would would be something that would hurt his value. But given who they're playing, I don't think it hurts him that much at all. The question is, who, if any one of those other guys, is going to be the one to step up? So I think they're all going to get their opportunity. And for those who are uninitiated with these guys, uh, all three of them are rookies. Uh, Tim Patrick and uh, Deshaun Hamilton were draft picks. River Craycraft is an undrafted free agent. Uh, Tim Patrick has uh, had a touchdown. Actually, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure uh, Tim Patrick had a touchdown. He did. He there. had a touchdown several weeks back. It was a really athletic grab uh, in the back of the end zone. Uh, they like him quite a bit, and he uh, appears to be the most polished out of the box. But I will say this. They like all three guys. All three guys are going to get an opportunity. So it's just a question of who can separate. But if you're asking me who I would want to pick up, I don't know that it's anyone necessarily. I, you might want to wait since there's three and kind of see how it uh, sorts yeah, itself out. But wise, I don't think any of these guys are relevant. I'll tell you two things. Keep an eye on Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton. Just keep an eye on it because one of those two guys is going to get way more involved. And they like both guys. They were both drafted. Uh, and uh, Deshaun Hamilton only has less snaps because he was hurt and he missed uh i think it was three or four games this year so think about that tim patrick has 104 well, those, snaps that's the snap counts just since the thomas trade okay just since the thomas trade okay but at one point hamilton was hurt so he's back now though so just a uh, hamilton by the way is more of a slack guy is the other thing to keep in mind here tim patrick is more of an outside player and uh hamilton is more of a slack guy now emmanuel was playing both so there's a chance that both of them get more involved. It's That's why this one is kind of hard to tea leave. You know what I mean? Because they're all kind of the same. Uh, the Broncos are going to be effectively starting like all rookies for the remainder of the year. So we'll see. <laughs> and we'll see how Andre Holmes factors into that as well. Meanwhile, the news that kind of shook the football world over the weekend was uh, Kareem Hunt and everything that came from his February incident that we knew about already, the domestic abuse issue from Cleveland. Look, nothing ever came of it, so we just moved on in the preseason. But TMZ released the video earlier this week, or I should say last week. And video evidence always makes it worse, folks. It just does. It just, it, it, for whatever reason, just hearing about the incident, people kind of dismiss it but then you look at instances like ray rice and joe mixon and the video coming out always always makes it worse so to the shock of many the chiefs immediately basically released kareem hunt they said it had more to do with the fact that they interviewed him in february about the incident and the video proved he pretty much boldface lied to them and they have a zero tolerance policy so he was cut he cleared waivers no one picked him up. He is a unrestricted free agent, so uh, nobody willing to, to test that at this point. Can't blame him. He is on the commissioner's exempt list. For all intents and purposes, his season is done, and we will see what happens with his career going forward. Uh, first, just I want to throw out there, for those people out there, there was a lot of them saying it wasn't that bad or the Ray Rice situation was worse. You just you got to shut it up. You got to you got to move on. There's no excuse for what he did in the video. It's it completely unacceptable no matter the situation. And he had his security with him, he had friends with him, he had a female friend of his own. There was no reason that he had to physically get into an altercation with a woman. It it's just completely unacceptable. So to try to defend the situation and say that Oh, well, it wasn't that bad. It's be a human being instead of a fantasy football player for two seconds, please. I don't think that's a difficult thing to ask. You would think that, but Twitter is a uh, yeah, the, the Internet Twitter in is a brings out the best of people always. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he the, the video makes it completely indefensible. And I don't know right. how people are, are sitting at their keyboards talking about, oh, not that big of a deal. Please take a long, hard look at your life and reevaluate some of your choices and decisions is yes. all I would say about that. Because clearly, yeah, I don't know what's how, to, how to help you. Um, Second of all, to, to get to what we're here to talk about, fantasy football. Uh, we said in the preseason that Spencer Ware was a must-own handcuff because of the value he's had in the past, being the guy there. 
And we never could have imagined that this is the reason that you'd need Spencer Ware. But look, to quote Ferris Bueller, life comes at you fast, right? So now it is Ware's job. They signed Sharknado. He is going to be the backup to Spencer Ware. They have recreated the 2016 backfield. Sharkandrick West. Sharkandrick West, for those of you who maybe don't know Sharknado. Who doesn't know Sharknado? Come on. I don't know, man. Every day is somebody's first day, right? Mommy! So Sharknado is back. When he was the starter two years ago, uh, Spencer Ware was a mid-range RB2. Going into last season, before he got injured, I had him at RB16 in that range. So, I mean, look, given the the matchups, that's that's the thing that's concerning here. He put up a 12.2 this past weekend against Oakland. He's got Baltimore this week, then the Chargers D and Seattle in Week 16. So not great. Where do you value Spencer Ware the rest of the season now? I mean, that 12 that you got against Oakland, I think that's kind of what you're looking at. That's Baltimore there, right? is a terrible, terrible matchup. It's look, uh, it's RB1 it's volume. There's no doubt yeah. about that. It's just it's the, the matchups are terrible. They're really bad. But that Baltimore game, I don't even know. You might have better options, frankly, for where I have him. Like, you've got him at 16 on aggregate, and I'd say on a week-to-week basis, that's probably right on average. But this week, he's like 24, like 25. I mean, I right. don't want to have to play him against Baltimore. And then the Chargers is really not much better than Baltimore. It is slightly better, but they got Bosa back, and they still have Melvin Ingram. So, And they still have a whole other host of awesome run blockers. Like, their defense is really good, too. And then Seattle... I just want no part of any of this. Like, I, it, it's all it, nice idea, but I don't think you're going to get the number that you're hoping for. Yeah, I am hesitant, as with you. Initially, like I said, he's, he's going to get RB1 volume. Yep, touches are going to be there. Especially in PPR. It, that's what's going to save him, is having the catches. But it, it's just a matter of it's also the what Chiefs can he do get... with the opportunity. It's also the Chiefs. It's like, are they really going to, like, are they going to, is he going to not get, I mean, Kareem Hunt got, you know, X amount, maybe he gets a little bit less because they spread it around even more than they already do. And then Sharknado's there. Who, who knows? He might see some snaps. It's, uh, I don't, I'm not as, don't want to play Sharknado or uh, Spencer Ware this week against Baltimore in a playoff game, if I can avoid it. It's not something I'm really interested in. Meanwhile, James Conner suffered, suffered an ankle sprain back in week 13. As many head into the playoffs, they were carried by their round 16 or waiver wire pickup of James Conner back in week one, but Conner is going to sit out at least this week with an ankle sprain. Look, this is an opportunity for me to shout out, as I have a couple of times, Pro Football Doc. Great follow on Twitter if you don't already do it. I highly recommend it. He diagnosed the injury before the game was even over last week, and while other news outlets were saying that the Steelers were reporting it wasn't that bad and he'd probably be okay, just from video review, the dude is able to tell you what is wrong and what went happened there and what you can look forward to. So Pro Football Doc on Twitter, fantastic follow, highly recommended. But if it's a high ankle sprain, as the fear is here, and given the fact that they've already ruled him out, they didn't even give him the week to try to test it, they just immediately pulled him, this could be a multiple-week absence. You could be looking at a longer-term solution if you've been relying on James Conner this year. So it's definitely something to monitor. But for now, Jalen Samuels, a guy we mentioned in the preseason, is the next man up in the Steelers' backfield. Now, according to Samuels himself today, after practice, he will for sure be the starter, but they are going to mix in Stephen Ridley. Despite seeing Stephen Ridley play football, they still are one going to give him an opportunity. One would assume they've seen it, right? One would right. think. Maybe they all just all the coaches just go inside when it's his turn. So according to Samuels himself, they are going to trade off drives. So it will start out as Samuels and then Ridley, then Samuels and Ridley, and eventually one of them is going to probably get back-to-back drives and they'll ride the hot hand, but we won't know until you're in game flow. And if they're talking about and they're going to execute a running back by committee, that's scary as hell if that's what you're going to be relying on this weekend, especially yep. in a playoff game. It is, but if you're going to hang your hat on anything here, folks, if you're going to hang your hat on anything with Samuels, we've seen Stephen Ridley play football. Yep. 
if he goes out and looks like garbage, then it's just going to be the Jalen Samuel show. So, so we will talk about and get into the true value of uh, Jalen Samuels a little bit later in the show. Foreshadowing. There you go. Meanwhile, AJ Green is heading to the IR and done for the season. If only somebody could have warned you that something like this might happen, Neil. I mean, uh-huh. I look. I'm, I would hate to say I told you so about this, but that's not true because I don't hate saying I told you so. I love it. I love You're being right. dancing on that knife edge. Of what I'm all be about. Human being comments. Let's no, remember no. that someone's <laughs> someone's career and livelihood here has been impacted. And let's he's just fine. Let me... Last I checked, he's still cashing those checks, and he'll be back for next year. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. We hope. AJ Green's going to be a okay here. So this is what I said four weeks ago when we first got the AJ Green update. That he wasn't going to need surgery yet. And that was the key in all of it was yet. It was going to be three to six weeks to fully recover, depending on how severe the sprain was. And that when he came back, he wouldn't be 100%. He'd be risking his season if he rushed back too soon. And as a green owner, you needed to have a contingency plan because that was before the fantasy trade deadline. So I said, you gotta, you gotta hedge your bet. You gotta back him up. You gotta have another alternative because it's a possibility he would be done. And I got so much garbage for that. Oh no, he's, he's gonna be back. He'll be fine. You don't know what you're talking about. Here we are, folks. He rushed back, and now his season's done. So he's having surgery to repair the damaged ligaments in his toe. It's a four-month expected recovery time, which means he'll be ready to go for training camp, no problem. He'll be back at 100% next season. But to you, as a fantasy owner this season, that does not matter. So I hope you got a backup plan like I told you to four weeks ago, because if you didn't, you're SOL. And that just leaves Tyler Boyd as the only guy, basically, in the receiving core for Cincinnati. But with Jeff Driscoll at QB, I mean, I didn't think it was possible to downgrade from Andy Dalton, but here we are. This is the weird world we're living in now. So uh, what is the prospect of Tyler Boyd? Because as you had talked about, even as a decoy, having A.J. Green out there to distract the number one corner was going to help the value of Tyler Boyd. That's not an option anymore. No. And as such, it tanks Tyler Boyd's value, uh, that and the QB change. You just Tyler Boyd is just a guy at this point. So is John Ross, just a guy. These are just guys. In fact, we're going to do it, Steve, I think. I think you're going to agree with me here. And we're just going to nail it down for them. Bengals players that I would consider starting. C.J. Uzama, Joe Mixon, and I would own Giovanni Bernard if I owned Joe Mixon. Yeah, Bernard is and a I'm, handcuff, and, done. and that's it. That's and, the and I've got three names, and I'm done. And that's it. That's your Bengals. There's three. Yeah, Moving forward. That, that's it. Rest of the season. That's no, it. Three guys. Nobody else. And yeah, if, you are correct. Sir. If something else pops, great. If yes. Not, thank you, sir. That's it. Meanwhile. The Washington QB carousel continues after they lost Alex Smith earlier this season. Colt McCoy fractured his right fibula during the Monday night football game against the Eagles. It's back to the Sanchez, folks. He is back. Get your hot dogs, your butt fumbles, and your steroids butt, ready. Fumble, butt, fumble, <laughs> fumble, yeah! So uh, the only uh, pass catchers, and I put that in quotations, pass catchers, I was interested in on Washington were Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson, because that's a tight end and a running back. Yeah. And they're technically the pass catchers. Does the Sanchez change that at all? Does it? No, I think I, I wouldn't say it adds is, anyone. Does it no. kill the value of those other guys? No, the Sanchez can wing passes out to to Chris Thompson. He was doing that effectively enough in the limited work we saw. He should get a little more acclimated to the offense. I mean, he threw a horrendous interception uh, in like in, in the in the it was like the end of the third quarter. He threw a terrible Mark Sanchez style interception that effectively lost them the game, caused them to have to go away from Adrian Peterson, who people are like, why aren't they going to Adrian Peterson? He had nine carries. For 98 yards, 90 yards on one play. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he was horribly ineffective any other time he touched the ball, except one time when they caught the safety out of position and he ran away from everyone. And they're like, why are you stopping? The whole game was a mess. 
But Adrian Peterson will be fine for the rest of the year. You're just gonna you're gonna get Adrian Peterson numbers. That's what it is at this point. Just it's fine. And then Jordan Reed, Chris Thompson, and if you want to get saucy, maybe Vernon Davis because tight end is so bad. I'm I'm gonna hop into my time machine and go back to the preseason and just do a thirty for thirty of <laughs> what if I told you that the healthiest player on the Redskins offense is Jordan Reed. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, right? You yeah. would have slapped oh, yeah. me across the face. Like, there's no, no chance delete, of that. We would have deleted that episode, because I would have assumed that you were you were unlike substances, or, like, you had, like, been di- – you, you'd have been, like, had, like, a – The like, only offensive doctor. starter that has not missed a game this year, Jordan Reed, ladies and gentlemen. And I just yeah. ended his season right there. So thank right. you. Thank there you, everyone. Good night. Good job. Cursed him. <laughs> Meanwhile – Pour one out for our guy Greg Olson. He is done for the year. Look, he lost his fantasy value. By the way, hold on one second before we get into it. We're, we were so right about this last week yeah. in Trust or Bust. Yeah. We, if we nailed anything all year, it was this. Like, nailed it. It was a couple weeks ago we were talking about how he'd pretty much lost his value. He just looks yeah. off. Like his he's, foot, man. I'm telling yeah, you, it's that Physically, foot. mentally, he just hasn't been in it this season. That foot has got to be causing him major issues. He was talking about retirement all last year. i got to believe that this is the end for him now. He was a fantasy stud for so many seasons. You hate to see him go out on anything but his own terms. But Father Time's still undefeated, Neil. Bodies catch up to everybody at some point. Never lost. So uh, pour one out for our guy. Again, <sighs> he hasn't had fantasy yeah. relevance. You've had to replace him weeks ago at this point. Yeah. But... I just wanted to throw it in there and throw a mention out because uh, all-time fantasy football Hall of Famer. Yeah, no especially given the position. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Meanwhile. All right, some running back news to go through here, Neil. Alex Collins placed on IR and Kenneth Dixon reactivated from IR by the Ravens. This basically cements that Gus Edwards is the guy now in Baltimore. Don't be shocked if Dixon does get another look at some point. If Edwards struggles or gets hurt himself, then Dixon has the tools to be fantasy relevant in that offense. But his, his issue has always been injuries. That's the, staying that's on the field has been. If Dixon is actually question. healthy, then we'll see if we can get him going finally. Because the skill has never been in question. It's always just he seems to get hurt a lot. But yeah, we said weeks ago Gus Edwards was the guy. You could cut Buck Allen. You could cut Alex Collins. And now for sure you can definitely cut Alex Collins. Uh, Matt Breida's ruled out this week immediately. The fact, again, that he's been ruled out so early just like with James Conner, it is not ideal <laughs> to uh, his long-term health. It's something you have to monitor if you're a Breida owner. Jeff Wilson had to be one of the sexier pickups this week yeah. off of waivers. He had a 21.4 last week in Breida's place. He is an immediate pickup option and a guy you can plug and play into the starting lineup if you are looking for a Also uh, a guy we will discuss his true value here in a little while. Ooh, there we go. Again. Foreshadowing. Uh, doubling down on it. I love it. Meanwhile, we'll wrap up news with some uh, wide receiver notes. Christian Kirk done for the year, unfortunately. The rookie. Yeah, that's a bummer cut short in his yeah, uh in his rookie season here so he broke his foot he will be back at 100 percent in training camp ready to go next year but with the potential retirement of larry fitz now i mean it's more obviously redraft you don't need him you can cut him but in dynasty or in a keeper league are you optimistic about kirk heading into his sophomore season I am, and if I was in a uh, dynasty league, I would hope I played in a dynasty league that had at least one IR slot. And depending on how exactly everything shook out on my team, I would consider very strongly holding on to him because I think he's one of those guys that we could ta- see take the sophomore leap. You know what I mean? And really right. kind of flash what he can do. He uh, apparently is not the most well-liked guy. Apparently he's kind of a uh, malcontent, apparently. From what a lot of people yeah, say fits in with uh, nine mistakes. Yeah, and that's actually they seem to get along great, uh, referencing their college career, and they're seemingly they're seem they're, they still have some chemistry now. Like we can't you can't argue Christian Kirk has shown flashes. He's never been consistent yeah. yet. Oh, he's yeah. shown some stuff. He can play. So I would hold on to him unless I had some legitimately better options. Because if he gets to become more involved, I have to imagine if Larry Fitz walks in the off season that they're going to be looking at either signing some of the available 
help and or drafting, correct? You would be with me on that? They're going to have to do something, right? They can't It can't be Christian Kirk and Yeah, Nolan. they let John Brown go. Uh, they let Jaron Brown go, I'm pretty sure, right? He's gone. Yeah, both of those decisions were questionable and both and seem to be And now Larry Fitz is probably hanging it up. So you're looking at Christian Kirk, and that's it. They don't really have much year. else. Yeah. So they're going to have to do something, possibly both of those ideas. They might have to sign a guy and draft a guy. Yeah. Or a couple guys. And then speaking of wide receiver issues, the Bills. Whew. Man, oh, man. Bills wide receivers and Bills players in general have been pretty much fantasy irrelevant for most, if not all, of this season. We were down to LaShawn McCoy if you're desperate for a while there. I know. And the Literally, Bills that's have it. only had three wide receivers this season that have played at least 25% of the team's offensive snaps. That's it. Just three guys. And they cut two of them on Tuesday. Both fat Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes are now gone. As we mentioned, Andre Holmes now in Denver. Wow, using so he, the full Kelvin Benjamin name. Yeah, so he he immediately has a chance to uh, to produce and do something. Kelvin Benjamin cleared waivers. Nobody interested. So uh, you remember Andre Holmes? Those of you who played fantasy football for a long time, by the way, Andre Holmes, famous for not really being that good. Yep. Why well, I didn't really talk about him with the mix. I I value him less <laughs> than the rookies that Denver has. I've seen all three of those guys play. They all well, look and more the rookies know the point. system. Well, they they look just better, faster stronger better than they, than he was before <laughs> he was a tired reference like like it's it's andre holmes is there literally if one of those guys just can't catch the ball that's that's what i think where andre holmes mixes in so i'm not overly excited about the andre holmes idea it's a depth ad uh and by the way with the bills i think we've actually added a few players the bills defense is kind of a spot starter josh allen has been interesting the last two weeks uh but no receivers oh and Lashawn mccoy still if you're desperate but uh yeah, still Lashawn mccoy yeah, so we're at three again, but uh, they're the ba- they're the as many as the Bengals, but uh, yeah, no receivers. But yes, given that fact, all right, we have so far this season, from week one until now, the Buffalo Bills have suited up ten wide receivers all year. Neil, only six of them are still on the Bills. Woo! We're about to test your knowledge. Are you a Bill? That's right, Neil. It's America's favorite game. Are you a Bill? I will give you ten wide receivers. You tell me if they are a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills or not. All right, right, let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Softball. You ready? Isaiah McKenzie. Is he a Bill? He is a Bill. Former Bronco. Correct. He was claimed off of waivers from the Bills earlier this year. Taryn Hughes. Man. I'm going to say not a bill. Not a bill. Correct. That is a fake name I made up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis Murphy. Oh, that's a good That's a real name. It's a real name. Former Raider, Lewis Murphy. And I know he did play in Buffalo at one time. I am going to say was a bill, not currently a bill. He is not a bill. Congratulations. He was he is a unrestricted free agent last yeah. year with San Francisco. Denzel Thomas. I'm gonna say that's a bill. That's a bill. That is a fake name I made up. Ah! Now you gotta cut it too, because I swore. <laughs> Charles Johnson. Oh, uh, he was a Bill at one point. Former Viking Charles Johnson. Former one-time fantasy breakout candidate Charles Johnson for that 12-game yes. stretch he had. darling, yes. Yeah, I'm going to say was a Bill, not currently a Bill. He is not a Bill. Was he ever on the Bills? I feel I like I remember that. I believe so. He was All on right. the Jets. He was the, on Jets. the Jets. Okay, I knew he had a second bite at the apple after he, got, after he washed out in Minnesota. Cam Phillips. I've never heard that name before, so it's either a fake name you made up or he's a Bill. I'm going to go with he's a Bill. He is a rookie wide receiver for the Bills! (laughs) All right! Ray Ray McLeod. Oh, okay. See, this is one of those tricks where you think it's a fake name you made up. (sighs) 
So I'm going to say it's a pill. Rookie wide receiver out of Clemson for the Bills. Right. You are crushing it. Gotta be. Robert Foster. Not a Bill. Robert Foster is number four on the Bills and snaps played this year. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you go. He's, he's the most veteran guy on the team outside of Zay Jones at this point. There you go. There you go. That's Boy, that's saying something. <laughs> Eric Weems. Oh, Eric Weems is a real name. Eric Weems actually has played in the NFL. But I'm going to say he does not play for the Bills. He does not. Still a free agent. All right. And finally... Chris Mills. That's also a real name. And I'm going to go with the same answer. It's a real name. It's a real guy, but it's not a Bill. Chris Mills is a fake guy I made up. All right. Fair enough. I might be thinking of someone entirely where Chris Mills played defense for someone 10 years ago. Clearly. <laughs> that's how but there works. you go. That's the that's the Bill's offense for you. I did pretty well. I think I was like 8 you, I think he has, has good. <laughs> Thank you. I think he did pretty Thank solid you. there. Pretty, pretty solid. Good. Put you on the spot. Yeah, that but wasn't part of the you, uh, show notes. He just started playing music. Yeah, I think he hit that out of the park yeah. pretty well there. Oh, man. Right, Fun but, segment. Uh, That's a good segment. There you go. That's it for news. Shout out to Aiden. As always, Daily Awareness was back this week <sighs> after the holiday. And he'll be back again this week. Win us some more money. Yep. Aiden, Thanks, Aiden. Appreciate it. As, as always, F-Ware. appreciate you. Good work. So we have one major topic to get through in Devil's Advocate. May I play devil's advocate for a moment? It's time for some devil's advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? That's right. There is only one Devil's Advocate topic this week. One and one alone. We've teased it to you twice. And here it is. For your playoff matchup, there are three key running backs that people are looking at to pick up off the waiver wire, possibly as a plug-and-play, to try and win that all-important playoff matchup to keep the train moving. And those people are Jalen Samuels, as we mentioned, filling in for the injured James Conner for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Or not, I suppose, if you don't live in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. will be subbing in and getting a huge volume of work, one would imagine, with Matt Breida sidelined and everyone else uh, on the 49ers either sidelined or terrible. And Justin Jackson, who had an amazing fourth quarter subbing in for Melvin Gordon and also DBA uh, Austin Eckler when he didn't look so great for a lot of that game. Justin Jackson comes in for the Chargers and puts down a hugely efficient fourth quarter, eight touches for about 50 yards and a score. Uh, Looked incredibly athletic while doing so, by the way. So those are the three guys that people are talking about adding to win their week, and we're going to break them down as we discussed and we teased a little bit earlier, trying to get into what is the true value of these three guys. And I'm going to lead it off with Jalen Samuels. Uh, And for my money, I think Jalen's the pickup here because he knows the system for whatever that's worth at running back, which is just a little bit. But more importantly, he was the guy who, when it was a next man up situation, they went to in that charger game and he caught that touchdown. uh, Look, made it look easy. You know, that kind of situation. It's that kind of confidence stuff that I think will allow him to just completely beat out Steven Ridley. Now, I'll admit, you like it less with them talking about they're going to try and do a running back by committee situation, but I'll be perfectly blunt about it. I meant what I said earlier about we've all seen Steven Ridley play football before. I am not expecting a whole lot. We've seen, him be, o- we've seen him be okay in limited spot work, which I guess this would qualify, but I, I, I qualify that statement by saying we've seen him be okay. Jalen Samuels looked like an actual athlete and at this point in his career, and – I just got to imagine he's going to take that away. Also, because lest we forget, uh, Steven really can't catch. So if at any point this game requires pass catching running back, which you would imagine it would at some point, uh, despite the matchup with the Raiders, uh, I I just got to tell you, I'm not overly concerned about the Steven Ridley thing. I think Samuels is the pickup because I like the offense the most. It is a good matchup. If they get into the red zone, I could see him catching 
uh, one of those touchdowns. Uh, there is one obvious wart with it, which is, you know, James Conner hasn't been the James Conner he was at the start of the year either, and you don't know if it's due to injury or usage or game flow necessarily. It could be any one of those things. But I got to tell you, Jalen Samuels, for me, uh, given the matchup and everything else, if the only wart on it is he might have to cede some carries to Steven Ridley, it's a pretty strong argument for me as a plug-and-play, and I think I might like him the most. But I know, Steve, you have a uh, counter-argument to that. Sure. I'm going with uh, Jeff Wilson in San Francisco, and they're playing Denver at home, which isn't an ideal matchup. However, he is the guy. He's going to get all the workload. They were willing to give it to him last week. There's no reason they won't come out and do it again this week. He is a pass catcher. He is a runner. He is a bruiser. He is a guy that will get you the points. And if they're going to score, it's going to score through him. They're looking for an efficient runner, and he's going to be the guy. As I mentioned with Samuels, I love the talent, but there is a reason that James Conner beat him out for the backup job and ultimately took over that position. And James Conner is a talented guy, but Jalen Samuels also got a fair shot at that job in the preseason, and he just couldn't handle the full workload. They've split him out more as a tight end and a fullback more than anything else. And I don't think that physically he is able to handle a full workload that they may have to put on him, which is why they're going to give Stephen Ridley the options. And what scares me there is they're going to give Stephen Ridley carries, and as bad as he may look, and it's entirely possible he does look bad because, as you said, history has shown us that Stephen Ridley's not that great at football. But even if he does look bad out there, it's possible they still have to go to him because they need someone other than Samuels to tote the load out there. Now, Samuels certainly in PPR has more value than anything Ridley is able to offer. Like you were mentioning, it's just, as you said, against the Raiders, I don't know how much they're going to be throwing to the backs. It's not like a catch-up situation. They should be very comfortably running the ball for most of the second half of that game. And then Justin Jackson, the one guy we haven't mentioned here. Yeah, let's do the Justin I'm Jackson together. I'm interested in uh, Justin Jackson is, <laughs> look, it's Austin Eckler. As we've talked about before, there, first of all, there's a possibility that Melvin Gordon plays this week. It's slim, but it's still possible. Don't think that's yeah. realistically going to happen, but it is. No, me neither, but possible. it's still technically an option. Second of all, uh, Austin Eckler dominated the snaps played. He did. He's a better pass blocker. He and got catcher. more rushes. He just wasn't as efficient, and he gets a ton of pass catches and targets. So he's a better PPR option. In standard, he's going to get more passing yards and probably rushing yards. Like total yardage, he'll put up more than Justin Jackson will. The best comparison I saw, and it's pretty spot on, is the Justin Jackson-Austin Eckler situation is really, really similar to the Tariq Cohen-Jordan Howard situation in Chicago, where Cohen's the guy getting more snaps, he's getting the pass catches and targets, he's getting the majority of the carries, he's even getting the goal line work. And every once in a while, Jordan Howard will pound it between the 20s and get a shot at the one. And that's it. That's his whole value, is you got to hope he falls into the end zone. And as great as a story as Justin Jackson was in that fourth quarter, if he doesn't fall in the end zone, then that whole week kind of gets thrown out the window. So can he do that again this week? Can he replicate that? Now, granted, the Bengals have been the worst team in the league against running backs. They've given up the most fantasy points to running backs. And, yeah, that's what you're hanging your hat on. But I feel it's much more likely that Austin Eckler just runs up the score and has a huge game than Justin Jackson is able to replicate what he did last week. So here's, here's what I'll say about Justin Jackson. I love Justin Jackson as an ad. Justin Jackson as an ad is a good ad to see kind of what's going on here. So he looked great in that fourth quarter, and there is a chance to what you had kind of talked about that what we could see is they get up by a billion because it's the Bengals, and then it's just Justin Jackson up and down the field for like a quarter and a half. You know what I mean? Because they just sit everybody else down, and they're like, nope, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pound Justin Jackson. And he might get – 10 to 12 carries for, I mean, if he's the same clip he was before, you know, in the last game, you'd love to see what that would turn into because that might turn into real gold, like a real Philip Lindsay situation. He only got 12 carries, but he got to do a 20. So you, you might get that, but that's why I'm saying you might get that. I like it as an ad as somebody to have in case 
something was to happen to Austin Eckler while Melvin Gordon gets right, if I had that kind of team, you know what I mean? Or if I was like super running back desperate, but I wasn't going to play Justin Jackson, I don't mind it as an ad. It's a good ad in that situation because, you know, in that situation, what ha- if something happens to Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon can't go next week because it's a Justin Jackson show, and if I'm running back desperate and he's getting all the work, absolutely, sure, I'll do that all day. But he's he's not really in the same class as the other two uh, in terms of spot starts for this week, in my mind. Is that is that fair? Would you say that's fair? I'd say, like, I don't yeah. hate Justin Jackson, the ad. If you want to add Justin Jackson because it's a depth thing or you own Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon's in your IR slot and you're playing Austin Eckler and you have somebody you want to cut, go for it. Probably smart. Like, it's, you know, but I'm not necessarily Really, this is all handcuffs. That's what we're talking yeah. about here. Is Samuels is the handcuff to uh, Connor, and Wilson Moving is forward, the handcuff yes. to Breida. And yes. when when those guys are healthy, it's their jobs. What worries me about making an ad for Justin Jackson is I'm going to have to cut a piece off of my bench to add the handcuff to the handcuff. That's why I'm saying it's a depth thing. It depends on what your options are. Like if I have something that I'm holding on to that's like I can just cut this and I don't need it anymore, I can just pick up Justin Jackson and that's what's available, look, do it. Go ahead, but I, 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 I'm not saying cut something valuable. Don't go out and cut valuable pieces off your team to add Justin Jackson, who may have no value as soon as next week. Right. So that's that's what I'm trying to point out. Is it, yeah, if from, it's it would be I'd be hard pressed to find a situation. Like, oh, I can. That I want to add Justin Jackson. I, I can think of a couple. I could I could go into it, but I think yeah. I've encapsulated it enough with. It's a depth thing. It's a it's it's like a. If my fifth wide receiver is something I'm not going to be starting and don't need anymore, we're getting into the playoffs. You know what I mean? You don't need to hold some of these guys that were like fill-ins and whatnot. You can, you know, make your peace with it. So if you've got sure, the roster the Michael spot, Crabtrees and Willie Sneeds of the world yeah, can go are, by the wayside. These are things that you don't really need anymore. So you can kind of let them go and hold on to Justin Jackson for a week, maybe two, and then return him back to the waiver wire. Right, because once Gordon is back, he's completely cuttable. Exactly. You don't need him anymore once Gordon's playing again, and I would think Gordon's probably not playing this week, but he's got a shot at next week, and it depends on where the Chargers are as well. So think about that. It also depends on where the Chargers are. The Chargers are 9-3. and three. They only really need to win about 11 games, I would think, to get where they want to go with that wild card, because they're probably not going to catch the Chiefs. So right. that you know, there's that argument, too. If Melvin Gordon's even a little bit gimpy, they may just say, eh, do we really need him? If he can't play this week, do we really need him? In well, I week. don't think Melvin Gordon's playing this week because they have the Thursday game against the Chiefs. So they're ah, probably I see. just going to hold okay. him out this week. Yeah, and yeah, and then give him a week to yeah. turn it back around. And Yeah, that's entirely possible that he'll be back out there in Week 15, uh, especially given how the results go in this next game. So, But I would say the ones that you would actually consider picking up playing and starting, Jalen Samuels and Jeff Wilson Jr., those are the right. ones. And I honestly, I think you're going to get a, a decent point total out of either one. Uh, you and I just argue about, I mean, I think you and I are kind of splitting splitting with semantics, splitting hairs. Yeah. Both of those two guys are blow your fab budget. If you have the number one waiver claim, do it like go do it. And if they're still out there on your waiver wire, go add them right now, especially if you need a running back, go, go do it. So those two guys, absolute ads. And with that, I think we've nailed it down. We should start answering people's lineup questions because I know they have a lot. Trust me. Trust I'm asking you to trust me. For busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Let a fish be trusted well. Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30. Neil, a little DST to start us off. Bears defense against the Rams on Sunday night football or the Saints D against the Buccaneers on the road. Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Saints. They've been good yeah. in spots. It's a division matchup, which can always be weird, but oof. I know it's a home game for the Bears, but against that Rams potent offense. I really don't. Scary. Like, what you're hanging your hat on if you're playing the Bears is that they get some sort of interception for a six or a strip fumble six because the Rams are going to move the ball 
and the Bears have a great defense. There's no disputing it. They have a great run defense, but Gurley is a cut above. So, yeah, I'm going to go Saints, and I'm going to hold my nose while I do it and know that there is the the legitimate thing where Tampa Bay could score, or not score necessarily, but could put up 400-something yards. So just be prepared for that idea. All right, this one's kind of a long one, so we'll try to rush through it as quickly as we can. The guy has Emmanuel Sanders, so that he went down today, obviously. Keenan Allen is his other wide receiver. He needs to start two others. Your options are Jarvis Landry against the Panthers, Allen Robinson against the Rams, Chris Godwin against the Saints, or Austin Pettis of San Francisco against the Broncos. I'm going to he assume also PPR. has Deshaun Hamilton, but we're that's fine. We're, I'm, I'm going to assume. That. I'm going to assume. Half point PPR. Uh, half okay, point half PPR. point PPR. In half point PPR, I want uh, Landry, and critically, if Deshaun Jackson is not playing this week, it's Chris Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Uh, I think it's those two, I think and it's, it's those probably two either, not close. I think it's those two either way, but you feel better about Godwin whenever Jackson's not on the field. Uh, Chris Carson against Minnesota or Justin Jackson against the Chargers. Oh, for this flex. is like the exact pain point, too, because Chris Carson dislocated his finger uh, this week. So and it's playing fun. the Vikings. And it's the Vikings, which is a, not a good matchup to begin with. Now, it said he's also, that's for flex, he's starting James White and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, well. I be. like McCaffrey, but why? I've talked about. I yeah, know. I mean, but he had an 18 last week. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to be starting Carson over White if those are my options. Right. If those are your only options, then yeah, you got to go with James White. But yes, Justin Jackson or Chris Carson is basically what it comes down to. I guess I'd go with Justin Jackson and hope it works out, just because Carson's Probably also bad. playing in a committee and it's a tougher matchup. I don't want to play, and he's got the dislocated finger. It scares me. Right. He's got ball security issues. He's to begin injured. With, so it's a it's bad like, matchup, and I don't, he's in a committee. It's just, and, they, and, they, and they they're trying to go to the playoffs, and they want him to be able to play in the playoffs. They're one of those wild card teams as well. I I, I don't want to play Chris Carson this week if I can if I don't absolutely have to. So I'm probably going to play Justin Jackson and hope that the Chargers get up to this ridiculous lead. Uh, standard scoring needs a running back and a flex. Austin Eckler. Josh Adams, Jeff Wilson, DJ Moore. Adams dealing with a couple of injuries. They're playing yes. the Dallas defense. This is probably the week that I like him the least. This week with the shoulder injury. I'm going to go DJ Austin Moore, Eckler and DJ Moore. I think that's what I'm doing too. Austin Eckler and DJ Moore. Because especially if it's PPR, uh, DJ Moore has a little bit more value in PPR. And I like DJ Moore, at least if you – particularly if you are not confident that you are going to win – uh, and you feel like you need to take a shot, DJ Moore is a shot that I could live with. Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, or Kirk Cousins? You like that? You like that? Oh, man. So I don't want to play uh, Kirk Cousins. So that really puts it to Russell Wilson and Josh Adams. And what you're asking yourself there is, can Josh Adams put up another close to 100 yards rushing. Well, Wilson and Cousins are playing each other on Monday Night Football. So then it comes down to Josh Adams, or Josh Allen, sorry, against yeah. the Jets. And see, that's, weirdly, that that might be the one I want to go with. Because it's the Jets, and I know that it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly no yeah, matter what. I'm picking I'm, one of those, I'm, oh, God. I know, it's, well, you're banking on, with with Adams, at least you have the chance of a rushing floor. Or Adams. Not Allen. Allen. Yeah, see, that's the same Allen. Thing. Allen. Uh, you have at least a chance of a rushing floor there because the last two weeks he's put up 99 and 135. But Russell Wilson is only rushing floor. That's yeah, it's only rushing floor, and I I don't like the matchup on either side for them. I don't like I I, I think that here's has my we just talked about my issue with Josh Allen. Who's he throwing it to? Zay Jones. That's it. It's Zay Jones. Right. And Zay Jones and Charles. I throw the ball catch. to Zay Jones 20 times. He'll catch four of them. Right. I, why Why am I going to rely on Josh Allen? Because then you're basically a running back, and I got to hope he can rush for 100 yards against the Jets and a touchdown. Like, I, If that's the case, he's the guy I want the least. I'm probably going to go with Russell Wilson because it's the second half of the season. At this point, this is historically his money time, right? It's a game they need to make the playoffs. They're at home, rushing floor. Yeah. The given whole that it's Russell a playoff Wilson game, narrative. Look, given, given that it's a playoff game, I'm probably going to play Wilson for you because it's a fantasy playoff game i don't know how you're gonna are you gonna be able to live with yourself if you play adams you 
did it. Allen. Man. Allen. And uh, uh, he puts up a six. Right. Are you going to be able to look yourself in the mirror when you had Russell Wilson on your team? You know what I mean? I, right. I feel like you're probably going to start have to your dance. studs. Scenario. You're going to have to dance with the one who brung you. So I would say you go Wilson here and you're probably not super thrilled about it. And it really wouldn't. I wouldn't be all that surprised if Josh Allen had another nice week. But the downside to it is so steep. Whereas with Russell, I think a bad day is Higher like floor. a 15 or a 20. You know what I mean? It's a bad day. Whereas the bad day with Josh Allen is a, literally a six. <laughs> it's actually a six. So. All right. Allen Robinson against the Rams. Adam Humphreys against New Orleans. Or Spencer Ware against Baltimore. Humphreys. Standard scoring. Oh, standard scoring does change it slightly. Uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson as well in standard scoring because I think they're going to take Baltimore's some a tough matchup. Humphreys is a guy built for PPR. Yeah. Allen Robinson it's is going to be the uh, the home run hitter in a game that if they want to win is going to have to turn into they're, a shootout. They're they're going to take some deep shots in that game. They're going to have to. Uh, RB two James White or Jeff Wilson Jr. Oh, that's an interesting one. I'm going Jeff Wilson. I am like actually I said, going. I'm going with you. Workload. I'm going with you. I'm right I mean, there. It's all he yeah. gets the whole job, as the I whole said, job to himself, and it's not a great a matchup. But James White, I think he's going to catch seven or eight passes minimum. So right there, that's a separator. It's probably more than White ends up with because they're playing Miami. All right, uh, Jags D on Thursday against Tennessee, or the Broncos against San Francisco on Sunday. So most fantasy outlets would tell you uh, Jacksonville. I know because I'm actually dealing with this exact situation in a league. Uh, I'm going Denver. My yeah, I would go Denver. Going Denver well. in my own lineup here. Tariq Cohen versus the Rams or Jeff Wilson against Denver. Half point PPR. A lot of Jeff Wilson questions. Man. Well, that one's pretty close because it's kind of the same thing. Uh, and Cohen's if been it was full so. point PPR, I'd say Cohen. Yeah. Half point Half PPR. Point actually edges it. Uh, I'm going to go Jeff Wilson yeah, just because, as we mentioned before. Good job. Yeah, the whole job. And whole Cohen job. is splitting the carries with Howard. If you combined the two of them into one guy... He'd be Cohen in any scenario, but it's not one right. guy. And that's right. the issue. Uh, ooh, here we go. Flashback to last week that worked out so well for us. Amari Cooper or Robert Woods? That's a real question. Yeah, we became the uh, Amari Cooper podcast last week. <laughs> Against all odds. Ah. <sighs> Going back to the well, Amari Cooper against the Eagles. I, you know, I I gotta go with you on Amari Cooper because it's the Eagles, and that's yeah, really and the Woods separator. is playing the Bears. It's yeah, on that's, the road. That's what I don't like. It's it's he's it's Woods home headed. against the Eagles. Woods is playing the Bears on the road, cold Chicago. Yeah, I don't like the Woods. I I, I think they're gonna move the ball, and Woods will have a, have some stuff. He's not gonna have like you know necessarily a horrible. I day. think it it that game has Todd Gurley force yeah. feeding it. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley written all monster over show. It. Yeah, that's that's how I think they're going to try and attack him as well. You oof, flex. This one's ugly. Mike Williams versus Cincinnati or Steven Ridley versus Oakland. How are you in the playoffs and that's your decision? The rest of your team must be loaded. You got to have Mahomes. That guy has Mahomes. Right. That guy has Mahomes. I'll bet you anything. He's got Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey. He's got, he's got Mahomes and Todd Gurley. He's got or yeah, that too. Like, yeah, he's got something like that. Yeah. That, okay, maybe Michael Thomas as well. <laughs> Just some crazy, great, like some some, some kind crazy, of ridiculous lineup. Like, I don't want to play Mike Williams like ever because you know what you're gonna watch. He's not gonna do. I anything. mean, it doesn't. He doesn't say otherwise. He doesn't say otherwise. So I'm gonna assume it's PPR, and then in that case, I always default to the wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going Mike Williams and just closing it's, my eyes. It's it's Mike Williams mostly because I don't want to play Spencer Ware against uh, Baltimore. Stephen Ridley. Okay, I don't want to play Stephen Ridley, period, so... Right. Uh, Nick Chubb, Calvin Ridley, or Tyler Boyd for the flex? And I am going with Nick Chubb all day, every day. Nick Chubb. Spencer Ware, Sony Michelle, Jeff Wilson, or Jalen Samuels? Uh, It's either Jeff Wilson, maybe Jalen Samuels, and give me the... What was the second name? Sony Michelle, right? Sony Michelle, yeah. Oh, I think I'm playing Sony Michelle, because it's the Dolphins. And the way I have that game script going is... Patriots get up by a billion, and Sony Michelle salts the game while being involved at every level throughout helping getting them there. That's that's the way I view that. So I think I'm probably going to go Sony Michelle. I think you're probably right, but I'm going to put all my chips 
into the Jeff Wilson basket. That's fair. And he will twist his ankle on the first play of the game. Yeah. All right, we split that one. Uh, let's see. Week one of his fantasy playoffs, join the rest of the world. Who do you got, Aaron Rodgers or Jameis Winston? Well, that's a fun one. Rodgers with no Mike Saints. McCarthy, Joe Philbin at the helm, worked out so well in Miami. Fired longtime assistant to Mike McCarthy today because of the Twitter outrage. Fun stuff. Rodgers oh. at home against Atlanta, I think. Yeah. Got to go with yeah. your studs. It's playoff time. Let's go, yeah. Go with the it's a good here. matchup on either side. I think you dance with the one who brung you, and it's Rodgers. I mean, look, Rodgers has not played great this year. But he's been gimpy, and we—it's well documented. It's—he's—he's he's injured, and it's the but, Falcons D. They are—I mean, yeah. they have not played well but at all. Here's the thing with—and this is always where I get nervous about Jameis Winston, particularly when it comes to my playoffs. I mean, how many times is Jameis Winston going to get benched for looking terrible? And he shows up in that game, and he throws three picks in the first half, and then he's done for the day. And that's not going to happen in Aaron Rodgers' case. I—I—I'd I, I feel—I I don't know that I could look myself in the mirror. If Aaron right. Rodgers came out and Same had an Aaron Rodgers right. game and I played Winston and lost that game because of it. So I, I, I would be upset with myself for years, like legitimately. So I, 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 I got to play. Uh, right. Let's see. Standard scoring, Mixon or where Mixon, that's easy. Uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Russell Wilson? We already did that one. It's Russell Wilson because it's the playoffs. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson. <sighs> Who are they playing? Who's the Ravens the playing? Chiefs. Jeez, the question with him is, does Joe bad. Flacco come back? Does he become the starter still? I don't, I don't think that's happening this week. I think there's too much of a question there. I think you stick with your stud and go Russell Wilson. Probably play Russell Wilson. Uh, Winston or Goff? Oh, that's a good one. That's closer to the Mendoza line on that. Uh, I'm going to go Winston there. Yeah, I'll go Winston in that case. Uh, let's see. All right, this is, do I pick a, the guy says, do I pick up Allen Prescott? Or Jameis Winston, I also have Deshaun Watson. Just play Deshaun Watson. I would Why probably you, just play Deshaun Watson against the Colts. That's Not probably what I would terrible do. Questions. Standard scoring, Samuels or Jeff Wilson? I think we agree that's Wilson. I, it's Wilson by a literal nose. But since you're asking the direct question, if you're playing in PPR, I'm playing Wilson. And that's just probably going to be the end of it. It's non-PPR. Oh, it's not Standard PPR? Scoring. Yes. Standard scoring. Sorry, I missed that part of that. Uh, actually, you know what? As I think on that, I actually make that. I actually like that less. Yeah, go Wilson. Go Wilson and Standard. Bears D or Lions? Lions against the Cardinals. Yeah, I wrote about the Lions in the uh, waiver wire uh, situation. Um, I'm actually going to go Lions here, but I'm going to go ahead and also use the same PSA that I used in the waiver wire column, which is know that you are playing with fire. You are playing with the most amount of fire that you could actually be playing with. You are literally juggling fire. So if you're going to oh do my God! that, why? If you're going to do that, you take a negative six. Don't at me because I warned you. Because this is literal one of those knife edge things. You could get a twenty six or a negative six. I think it's closer to the twenty six because of the matchup. But just know that I warned you. you gotta, this you had, this keep is going. dice roll. So Cohen or Adams? I'm going uh, Cohen. Because I'm not sure about the Adams injuries and uh, Cowboys it's, D. Yeah, Cohen. Uh, Andrew Luck or Jared Goff? Luck. I go back to the well. <sighs> yeah, it's probably Luck. It's a tough matchup, but it's probably Not luck. ideal. Not ideal, but I go back to the well. Both of them are bad, so yeah. Uh, Ware against Baltimore, Humphreys against New Orleans, or Allen Robinson against the Rams, non-PPR. In non-PPR, we kind of already did this, too. It's Alan Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson? We literally did this just a couple minutes ago. Russell Wilson. Where against Baltimore, Lewis against the Jags, or Martin against Pittsburgh, half-point PPR? Lewis, and I hold my nose. Ooh, yeah, you would have to hold your nose. Look, where is a terrible matchup, and Doug Martin is playing hurt. I really don't want to play Doug Martin. They just signed C.J. Anderson because I was, I was just going to say, they, they just signed C.J. Anderson. That tells you everything you need to know. Again, and the Jags on Thursday, I don't like that match. I'm gonna, it's the one time I'm going to go where. And just, ugh. It's a tough matchup, but 
I'm going to try to use the PPR to my advantage. All right, fair enough. We split that one. And Noah's going to get the bulk, the bulk of it. And that's it. All right, well, there you go. There you go. So there you go. Wraps it up for this week. Appreciate y'all listening. Be sure to check in next week, same time, same place. And until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Good luck in the playoffs. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.